being intentional about that choice and accepting that consequence is also very much a part of being a business owner and being an unapologetic CEO. Hi, I am Sandra Vanderly, and this is Becoming Unapologetic. This is going to be the podcast for entrepreneurs that are ready to grow a business that works for them. I'm here to tell you that there is no such thing as one break, one launch, or one secret that's going to change your life or your business. The big difference between those that stayed stuck and those that blew up? The ones who made it decided that they have what it takes, they sell their expertise, and they unapologetically go after their dreams every damn day. Here is to becoming unapologetic. Let's immediately dig into what it means to be unapologetic. And I'm going to start with the good news, and that is that I wasn't born this bold and unapologetic. It is a learned behavior, right? So instead of, or completely opposite to my genetic stubbornness, (laughs) my complete and utter disregard for a lot of societal norms and rules and how we're supposed to act and behave, um, you can learn to become more unapologetic. And I thought that it would be just a really great kickoff episode for the podcast to really dig into what this means to me and how I have learned to become more unapologetic. And I had planned to start at what is happening right now, which is my massive investment into the U.S. Um, There's a a podcast coming up. If you are interested in that whole story, listen to episode seven. Um, But I will touch on it later. But instead, I'm going to start at the beginning. So let's start in August 2017, which is the moment where... 25-year-old Sandra went to the Dutch Chamber of Commerce in The Hague and was like, I'm here to register a business. I'm becoming self-employed. And I had no clue what I was doing. I had no skills. I had no network. This is not the recommended way to start, but it did work out. Because the thing was, in those moments, in those months previous, I had graduated from my master's. So I have a two years research master's degree in a social science area. And I have a bachelor of arts as well from two of the top Dutch universities. But the problem with that was even though I loved learning and I loved my time in university, they prepared me for either a research type position at a university or a regular corporate or semi-governmental job situation. And I had kind of come to realize that jobs are bullshit, which episode 10 will be uh, more about that and why I think that. And then as I finished my, my master's and finished university and started applying for jobs, I had some really just tricky and negative experiences that I really didn't enjoy. And for a while, I was like, can HR managers just not read? And actually, my favorite auntie is an HR manager. One of my favorite clients in the early days were recruiters. So I knew that that was not true. I just may have gone a little bit unlucky. And I applied for traineeships, jobs with like local municipalities, stuff that I was, that my resume was perfect for. Maybe not me, because I don't think I'm that built to have a boss, (laughs) to say it like that. 
So my point is, at some point, I was just so fed up. I was so done. I was so over it. I had just been through a situation where I had a final interview. It went so well. They had me do a presentation for their entire committee. They kind of hinted that it was done. I literally drove to the bakery to get pastries, brought them home to my parents. I was like, I, you know, it's not official yet, but I've got the job. There's no way. And you guessed it, I didn't get the job. And even now, it still makes me a little bit angry, right? And I was just done. So I went to the Chamber of Commerce. I was like, I guess I'm becoming self-employed because bosses and jobs are stupid. So I guess I'll design websites for people for a living. Um, And the funny thing is, so the, the name I registered, I didn't have a business name ready. So I registered Web Design Studio Sandra. That is still on a lot of my Dutch business paperwork. It is still on my bank accounts. I have doing business as like DBAs, right? We have that too. Um, But I think that that was the first moment where I was really like, excuse me, I don't accept this. Here is my unapologetic alternative option. And if you don't think I can make it, you better watch. So that is part one. And I think it is just a a situation of once you start and you do it the first time and it starts to kind of work, it's this really beautiful experience. And I'm not going to say that unapologetically going after the things you want is easy. Um, It's not always easy, but usually it's very, very worth it, right? And it's the same as um, one of the other things and one of the big reasons I didn't want a job is because I love to travel. And I've been to, I don't know, between 30 and 40 countries at this point. I'm 31. A lot of these I traveled alone. Um, Some of these I traveled while I was in college. Like I did that whole backpacker, (laughs) broke as fuck dorm life. And I have also run, since I've had a business, I've run my businesses from five different continents. And I think if you followed me for a couple of years, you've maybe followed the journey through when I was in Australia and through that time I was in Bali for a year and a half and in the US and in Mexico. And that was for me a really big thing that I wanted to be able to travel wherever I wanted. But again, even though I was unapologetic about this, that had a cost, right? And over the last years, I have intentionally chosen to stay single most of the time. And I don't talk about this much. And I know that I have a lot of clients, mad respect for all my moms out there that somehow manage kids and a family and a business and just having a life. Um, I can see how hard you're trying and how rough it is. And I have very intentionally chosen to wait to pursue that. Because to me, between my 25th and like, let's say my 29th, it was really important to me that I had that freedom of movement. And I stopped apologizing and explaining that choice to everyone who ever asked me, oh, but you have a boyfriend by now. So that is a second very unapologetic thing. And it becomes this thing where things that you want have a price, right? And I love to say that you can have everything you want But some of the things you want might come at a cost of something else. And being intentional about that choice and accepting that consequence is also very much a part of being a business owner and being an unapologetic CEO. 
And I very strongly that if we live a selfish life, um, right, you can think of my life as selfish. She travels everywhere. She never stays around for long. What if her family needs her? What if her friends are getting married and she's not there? Um, But I do believe that when we make these choices and we show up 100% for the things that we want and the things that we have said yes to, there is nothing selfish about that. And that kind of brings me to my final story. And this is the one that I'm sure a lot of you want to hear. And the episode about the 100k I invested, even though I didn't have the 100k. um, So that will be episode seven is going to be a little bit more about my experience with this in the past year. Um, And that is the fact that I am currently in the process. So I'm European. I need to preface this. A lot of people don't know this. I'm actually Dutch. So I have a Dutch passport. It's a tiny country in Europe. There's only like 18 million of us. You've probably met us because a lot of us travel all over. So you find for how few Dutch people there are, you find them everywhere. You cannot escape us. And that means I have a European passport. I can live pretty much everywhere in Europe. I have a really strong passport when it comes to travel. Like I have a lot of privilege in that way um, because I can go to a lot of places without a visa. And I truly acknowledge that that is miraculous to have um, that kind of privilege just by birth. And then I visited the United States. I went to California after a friend invited me. I didn't expect to like it. Um, My visa to Mexico expired, so I had six months there. I was hoping to move to Mexico and that I would love it there. The reality is that I didn't. Like Too many digital nomads, not enough stability. I dealt with some diseases. It was hot. It was humid. It was, you know, I had electricity problems all the time. So it just, it wasn't for me. And I was really hoping, I was convinced that that would be it and I would move to Mexico and it would just be easy and done because I've been longing for a place that feels like home and to make my home, right? And to work from the same place and live in the same place for a while after all that traveling digital nomad life. And I came to California and I didn't have very high hopes for it. I was like, well, the US and the news and the fake friendliness, and the this, and the that, and I came there, and I was like, I got goosebumps on the plane, flying into LA, I got goosebumps on the plane, which was very strange, and I was like, oh, all of my clients live here, oh, it's kind of nice to be in the Pacific time zone, oh, the weather's kind of fantastic, you know what, I can get used to the dating that I can do here, and the kind of the level of men that I was meeting there, And I just really, really liked it. And I've been joking that maybe my soul is California, right? My soul is a Cali girl, who even knows? And I love being in the sun. Like a big reason for me that I don't want to live in Europe or in the Netherlands is that the weather is too bad for six months of the, for six months every year. And um, I was like, well, okay, so how do I move here? Right? And how do I make this happen? And that story will will be in that next episode that I mentioned before. But the reality of this is this is a choice that almost no one understands, right? Up until this point, I have had one person only say to me, 
I can totally see why you want that. Almost every single person I have shared this with, like, hey, I'm about to invest a, an amount of money I don't have right now into a second company in the United States so that I can live there for at least a couple of years. Almost no one understands. And honestly, being back in the Netherlands, most people are actually, it comes from a good place, but most of my friends and my family are hinting at, wouldn't it be easier to stay here? What's so bad about being here? Um, you can just go on your ESTA and your 90 days and push it and see what happens. You know, like, why would you want to live so far away from your family and all of this stuff? And I'm not saying they don't have a point, right? But what I am saying that when you decide on something that you want because you desire it, because it feels good to you, because you're like, wouldn't it be amazing if you might have to deal with a lot of naysayers. And I feel like to me, and I did a live video about this too, is that there is no dream that is outrageous. There's no dream that is so far. There's no idea that you could have or desire that you can feel that I feel is so far out of the realm of understanding or possibility that I will tell another person, I don't think you should do that. Is your life really this bad? And I think that that has become something that I've been looking for in the people around me where I couldn't come up with an example I thought was too outrageous for my clients to ask me or for my clients to share as a goal. And I do think that every choice and every goal has consequences, requires effort, takes a strategic approach to make real. But that still makes it worth it, doable, cheerable. I don't think cheerable is a word, but I will cheer you on. I will cheer for your goals no matter how ridiculous they are, right? Because I don't think they're ridiculous at all. And to me, becoming unapologetic, which has become the name of the podcast, it's really, it's not called become unapologetic. And there's a really strong reason for that. And that is that it is not something you become once. It is not something that you do once. It is not something that happens. And now you're like, oh, I've done it. Now I'm unapologetic always and forever, right? It is a continuous amount of work. It is a continuous defending of your dreams it is a continuous process to give yourself what other people might not want to give you might not have to give you where other people might not support you and you have to figure that out on your own how to deal with that um, or ask support of really good people but it is a continuous process and that is the reason why I've called the podcast becoming unapologetic. So if you are ready to become more unapologetic and figure out more of your dreams and how to strategically make them a reality, you are in the right place. This is the podcast for you. I am so excited for you to listen to more and more of the episodes. And if you enjoyed this, I would love it if you left a review or shared it with one of your friends that can really benefit from it. And I am so excited about all of the episodes I have planned for you after this one. Thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you very soon.